Hey everyone, and welcome to the Beyond Life and Fitness Podcast. I'm Cheryl Patton. And I'm Megan Prince. We started this podcast as a way to connect with more people who are struggling to fit it all in. The workouts, the food, kids, work, and relationships. We know that we're not perfect, but we hope that through our struggles and our mistakes and our failures and our successes that we can help more people through their challenges and be successful. So if you want some tips and tricks to help you along your journey to be the best version of yourself, then this is it. So we are back and today we are going to talk about some of the best or possibly worst uh, fitness or health advice that we have ever received so that somebody has told us. Um, And I know for me, I don't know if it's something that somebody actually told me or something that I just kind of figured out, but um, that more is not necessarily better. Like when I think back to my, my university days, I was definitely training. I was, how do you describe my training? I was probably more a bit of a cardio junkie. I did lift weights, but definitely probably heavier on the cardio side. And that would be like seven days a week, plus whatever of my uh, Kim classes that I was doing that semester. Mm -hmm. And then I was a massive cardio, or not cardio, um, carb junkie as well. Like I had mentioned like in that other podcast, I I swear I lived off cereal, bread and bagels and pasta. That's crazy. And rice. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But you were doing lots of sports. Um, I wouldn't, no, not in university. In high school, I was always very active. That dog loves that plant. <laughs> um, puppy, puppy. Puppies. Um, in high school, yes, I did basketball, I did volleyball, I did track one year. So yes, I was um, active for sure. I would actually consider myself more active now. Hundred percent. Okay. But yeah, back then I kind of um, wish that somebody had actually maybe told me, you know what, maybe focus a little bit more on learning your strength training and how to strength train, and then take some time to learn a little bit more about nutrition. Like carb loading is not necessarily Mm -hmm. the best. I love when people are like, I'm building, I'm eating lots of carbs. And I'm like, in my bulking phase. Yeah. But here's like, I don't, and I, and I understand what they're trying to say. Yes. But I'm like, I don't want to, I, well, I don't want to bulk. I don't want to put on the body fat. Some's going to come on, but I don't want to put on the body fat with the muscle that I'm trying to build. Right. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I think it's not necessarily something that, a best or worst advice that I had given. I just wish that that was maybe some advice that I had been given earlier on, um, in my earlier, tw- like in my earlier twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've realized there's like a place for that though, right? Because for somebody that's first starting out, mm-hmm. like just starting out fitness, starting out exercising, all that kind of stuff, more sometimes is better. And that's the funny part is that then you get to this place in your fitness where more isn't better, mm-hmm. where more is actually worse because then you're almost overtraining. Then you're almost your body, like we were talking about before, like your cortisol levels are high because training is stress. So it's like 
there's like this fine line between more being too much and more being a good thing. Yes. And so for people that are starting out, yeah, like add an extra 10 minutes to your walk a day or add an extra 10 minutes to your cardio, that kind of stuff when you're first starting out. But then when you're seasoned, when you're like later on in your life, now I'm finding that three days off a week is like phenomenal and my body loves it and I'm lifting heavier and I have more energy and I'm focused better because my body was like stressed out six Mm -hmm. days a week doing stuff. But when you're first starting to do it, your body releases all those like really good endorphins and serotonin and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, this is awesome. I feel good. I do know some people that work out and they're like, I don't feel better after. There's like minimal people I think that but I do know people that are like, I don't feel better. I'm tired after. Mm. But I think in the beginning, you get that like good high, right? And if you get that good high, then I think then your training's like spot on. Then what you're doing is spot on. But when you start feeling like, I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. I don't want to train. I'm not motivated. Then you're like, okay, something has less is going to be better right now. Mm-hmm. Because you should want to, you should look forward to your sessions. You should like, be excited about mm-hmm. doing them and you should fe- you should feel better after and if you don't then you're like yeah yeah and that's why i think it's so important for people when they are just starting out in order to sort of in order to fast track your progress and make as few mistakes as possible mm-hmm. is to invest in somebody to help you along the way Oh yeah, right. Like and there's and, and and I understand like and I wish that I had done that earlier on. Like I said in my twenties, but at the same time, newly married, kid, kids uh, eventually, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't a practical thing. So then you mm-hmm. end up doing a lot of self learning, a lot of self teaching, mm-hmm. which for somebody who's in the industry maybe not so bad. Right. But for somebody who's not in the industry, mm-hmm. um, I, I get it. But um, I would strongly encourage, even if it's just for one month, mm-hmm. and just learn as much as you can about what it is that you want to know so that you can move forward with as few mistakes as possible Right. and learning what's going to be best for your body in terms of nutrition and how you move, how you train, how often you train. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think investing um, in, in a coach of some sort mm-hmm. is definitely... Um, some advice again that I wish I had maybe known earlier mm-hmm. and then because I mean when you're in the industry like I love reading about nutrition I love reading about I'm more like the nutrition side of things that I love mm-hmm. the exercise stuff the like intervals tempos all that kind of stuff like I enjoy it I enjoy putting together programs but it's not like my that's not your wheelhouse yeah I love nutrition I love macros I love all that kind of stuff but um where was I going with this? I was gonna say. Hmm. It'll come back to you. Thought. It'll come back to you. So yeah, I think now like so yeah. So that's not necessarily advice that I. That's sort of advice that I would give myself if I could go mm-hmm. back in time. Um, would be to definitely invest in a coach, and learn different nutrition protocols and training protocols a lot earlier on than what I did, mm-hmm. which then would only have advanced me further on in my career, I think, earlier on as mm-hmm. well, because I would have had that knowledge sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of bad advice, 
I, I remember in high school, I don't know which sport it was, but again, like these are high school teachers that are volunteering their time so that kids can do extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. You know, like we'd have like a game or something that like a tournament that weekend or a game that day after school. And they're like, make sure you get lots of carbs in so you get lots of energy. And mm-hmm. that just would sit like a lump mm-hmm. in my stomach if I did that. Mm-hmm. I actually sometimes do a lot better on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Do you have any bad or good mm-hmm. advice that you've ever been given? Can you think of any? I'm trying to think of, like, I've been coached many times. So, there's been, I don't know if there's, like, bad advice. But I think being in the industry for so long, there's been so many changes of Mm -hmm. how things go, right? Yeah, 100%. So, yes, I've had some really bad, not bad necessarily, but just I wouldn't necessarily say that they were, it was like a healthy way of being, right? So I think some of the advice, some of the things that I followed when I was competing weren't necessarily like they were detrimental to my health, detrimental Mm -hmm. to my mental health my physical health. Um, I think we've talked about it before that I lost my menstrual cycle for like three years. And so there's like a lot of things that came along with all of those things, right? So I think, I don't necessarily know that it was bad advice, but um, just... It was those coaches doing what they did with the knowledge that they had. Yeah. Mm. And now I think... And back to our thing before I remembered is that for normal people who don't love nutrition, who don't love macros, who don't love that kind of stuff, you're going to have to get a book. You're going to have to research. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to. And when you have to learn something that you don't necessarily, that you're not necessarily passionate about, you're not going to, you're not going to like really uptake any of that. Like we're talking about plants the other day and my daughter loves plants and I kill all my plants in my house and they're making fun of me. And I'm like, but you know why? It's because I'm not interested in it. She mm-hmm. will spend an hour researching how to propagate plants and how to do all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I just don't. It's just not something I'm passionate about. So when we're tra- talking about investing in a coach, those people have taken so much time and research because that's their passion. That's yeah. like what they love. Yeah. So when you see somebody that is passionate about something that you want to do or you want to... Um, be able to learn about then find those people that are passionate about it because those are the people that are actually going to give you that information and help you and so when you're talking about coaching I think it's super important to yeah reach out and find a coach because you can find all that information on the internet people tell me that all the time you can find a meal plan you can calculate your macros you can find a exercise plan whatever you want it's all on the internet but there's millions and millions of sites and which one do you start with? Where do you start? What's best for me? What's not best for me? So um, find, if it's a weight loss for women going through menopause, find somebody that specializes in what you want to do, mm-hmm. right? Rather than mm-hmm. um, just trying to go off um, whatever you find on the internet. Because it's when I told my daughters the other day, like, don't go Google that because it's going to tell you you're going to die. Like, whatever right. it is, yeah. whatever it is, you're going to die. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can always find, you can always find uh, um, something that's going to tell you the bad side of whatever you're looking up, right? Yep. So, yeah, investing in a coach, I think, is huge when you're... Um, yeah. And also maybe talking to coaches, the people, clients that the coaches have worked with. Um, I was going to say, don't be afraid to interview 
Oh, a thousand percent. Like multiple coaches, because you got to find one that's going to mesh well with like how you think, mm-hmm. how you like to do things. Um, because if, if it doesn't, then it's just two people butting heads and nobody's going to get anywhere other than frustrated. Yeah. Then I remember a while ago I was training for my photo shoot, so I invested in this coach and he ended up sending me like this macro count that started out at like 3,200 calories or something. And I definitely questioned him on that because I'm like super into macros. And I knew at that point I was at 1,750 or something, right? So I was like, there is no way I'm jumping up to 3,200. I was like, yeah. no. Anyways, he ended up firing me because I asked questions. Um, so I think that when you when you're looking for somebody, yeah, ask the questions, ask what their philosophy is, ask what they like, um, for other clients, like reviews and like mm-hmm. where they've, um, their experience, right. Cause I think it all comes down to experience and what they've been through and all that kind of stuff. So I think that absolutely is super. Yeah. And try and if you can meet with them face to face or at least get on a phone call or a video call so that it's not just all done through emails because you can mm-hmm. learn a lot about somebody just by oh, how yeah. they answer their questions, their tone of voice. Um, so yeah, I think that's also a huge uh, part of any type of interviewing process to find a coach that you're going to invest your hard-earned money in to get you from point A to point B or to give you or you know help you learn the knowledge that you are looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like trying to, you're like dating, you're out there dating, you're out there trying to find somebody because this person is telling you what to eat, yeah. how much time you're investing in the gym, all these sort of things that change who you are, are going to change the pattern of your life. So yeah, I think that's super key. And, um, and then like watch, watch the things that they say, watch the things that they do, you know, those kind of things. And there are those match with mm-hmm. kind of how you want your life to look. If you don't want to work out seven days a week and do like cardio every single day, don't get that coach that's constantly saying we did our second round of cardio today. Like you don't want, you have to like, just, you know, be yeah. careful of what you're absolutely because there are in. certain, certain people that will specialize in certain mm-hmm. things yeah right some people do not want to deal with the general population yeah some people only deal with women some will only deal with men some will then niche down within those certain populations mm-hmm. right some just deal with physique athletes some will just deal with strength and power athletes mm-hmm. some just deal with you know school athletes right. so yeah um definitely finding somebody that works with who you are as a person mm-hmm um let's see any other any other advice i would feel like i think when you're talking about the best or worst advice you've ever had i wouldn't say so much advice but when there's athletes when there's um people in sports i think that the coaches matter so much and how the coaches coach so for me when I was in gymnastics, I had a really good experience and I felt like it helped pushed me to be better, pushed me to be a better athlete and that kind of stuff. But then when my daughter was in gymnastics, she had the complete opposite. Mm. And so it was very negative. There wasn't a lot of positive reinforcement. And so that took a really big hit on her. So I think um, for me, it's not like best or worst advice, but it mm. also was like choosing the coach, choosing the sport that 
um, is going to make bring out the best in me, bring out the best yeah. in your abilities and your strengths. Yeah, like it doesn't necessarily have to be you finding a coach so that you can go and work out in your home gym or in a, in a gym gym. It could be finding somebody that's going to support you and getting back mm-hmm. to a sport that maybe you loved and got away from because of life. Mm-hmm. It could be basketball, it could be hockey, it mm-hmm. could be anything. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. Oh, worst advice for nutrition, cut out all your dairy. Oh my gosh. Cut out all your dairy. So I remember once I was doing this meal plan with somebody and I showed them my meal plan. They're just like, cut out all the dairy. So stupid me. I'm like, okay, well I'll just take out all the dairy in there, but I didn't replace it with anything (gasps) at all. So I just took it all out. And then I was like, oh my God, like probably like 700 calories or something dying. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a place and there's, um, a place, like we've talked about it before, but there's a place for dairy. There's a place for, um, sometimes it's not necessarily the dairy that we're reacting to, but, um, our digestive system, that's just off, right? Cause women need calcium. Women need the dairy. Not necessarily is yeah. like for some people, of course. Right. But yeah. that was like one of my worst advice is cut out all dairy. And then I also at that time had lost my menstrual cycle. So Mm. you're talking about when you lose your menstrual cycle, I didn't know that actually decreases your bone density. Mm -hmm. The longer, the longer, the longer. So luckily I got out of that because I, well, I guess that's probably what happens with people when they're anorexic is then they, their bones start to be so brittle. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky because I haven't knock on wood, like broke anything or whatever, but, um, yeah, during that time of not having menstrual cycle, but then also not eating dairy. Mm-hmm. It's like so detrimental to your health, right? To yeah. like just take out a whole food group. Yeah. Unless you know, like I'm throwing up or like I'm like... Yeah, like but, I know for me with dairy, I can have it. I cannot have it every day. Right. And that's just something that I've learned about myself right. over time. Right. I just get very bloated, but I grew up mm-hmm. on raw milk. Yeah, right. Right? And we can't get legal access to raw milk yeah. in mm-hmm. Ontario or maybe Canada. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like, if I were to have, like, cheese every day of the week, I'd be so bloated oh. and uncomfortable. So I have to, I've had to learn to just space right space that out because i love it i think cheese is awesome (laughs) right yeah and i feel like dairy and i and for a long time my skin was so bad and i couldn't figure it out but it was i think it was more my hormones Mm -hmm. it was my hormones that were off not necessarily the dairy because now i eat dairy everything's totally fine yeah but it was like my hormones my adrenal system all that kind of stuff was so off so before you start blaming things on dairy, like really do or like, any food group, do like a self test on yeah on yourself, right? Yeah. And I know my daughter has like severe severe stomach stuff that we've dealt with for the last couple of years. She's okay now, but when we were dealing with it, it was really brutal. So we took her off gluten, and um, we did a celiac test. They said it was negative, but I still had this feeling, let's take her off of it because wheat is really hard in your body. So we did that and she did get better. So whatever was inflamed inside her little body. And, and now I've done more research into, it's probably not the gluten, but the glyphosates that sprayed on the wheat that they right. actually bring, make the gluten out of it. Yes. So it's not necessarily the gluten, it's the chemicals that are yeah. in it. Yeah. So yeah, that helped her for a while when we took that out. But, um, 
that wasn't necessarily taking out a whole food group, like taking out carbs because she still had like rice. Still potatoes and rice. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and we did gluten-free crackers if we could. Um, but, yeah, so I think, yeah, taking out a whole food group would be... Very... I don't think eliminating a whole food group is, no, is not wise. Yeah, because I know either. some people that have thyroid issues can't do, like, the really um, fibrous vegetables, like... Um, cauliflower and broccoli. your coniferous yes you can yeah and I and I and I agree with that like I have but and and I don't know if it's just you know maybe my stomach acid is lower Mm -hmm. so I'm just not able to break it down as well as I was maybe 20 years ago yeah um but again I've never I you know I have never had my stomach acid test I don't even know if that's a thing um but yeah, because I have cauliflower rice every day, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. But um, not raw cauliflower, obviously. No. Yeah. No. No. I do need to cook it. I do need to break mm-hmm. it down. Because I know how good the coniferous vegetables are. Mm-hmm. Um, just for Even just for helping your body to naturally detoxify. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. You, you need those coniferouses. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many cool things like vegetables can do, but there is also people that have heart issues that there's certain vegetables that they can't eat because they have certain kind of vitamins that they mm. that. It, so it is really cool to research about different types of food because if you can't have that vegetable, what is that vegetable doing inside your body? If one person can't specifically have that, so right. I think that that's like. And I have another lady who's on kidney dialysis, and she can't. There's think she can't she could not have lettuce or spinach like it's really random weird things and i don't know what the research spinach for the uh, for the iron i don't know yeah i'm not i'm not sure but she can't have them and it's like this real random food so i'm thinking okay so if these people that have these issues have to go off of these foods what do they give to our bodies which is like kind of cool to like think about if 100 percent, just like a yeah. said like food is thy medicine mm-hmm. right oh my gosh. so like food can make you better mm-hmm. food can make you worse mm-hmm. and like you said it's learning what all of our foods can like what properties do they possess and what do mm-hmm. they supposed to do so um you know, one thing that I did heard, like did hear, was like vegetables that are higher in the red color. Well, mm-hmm. our blood is red, mm. so those vegetables help with your, with with the health of your with your blood. Mm-hmm. And then there's other vegetables, depending on their color, just help you out with different particular organs that are within you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's very it's very cool if you want to take the time mm-hmm. and learn that information, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. if we're very quick as a North American society to just jump right into the pharmaceuticals because that is the quick fix. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's going to take time and mm-hmm. effort on your part by changing how you eat or what you eat mm-hmm. in order to make your body work at the optimal level that it's designed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's screaming at you. And I, I was never into like natural remedies and naturopath stuff and anything until the last couple of years and now um, learning through like the homeschooling community that we have there's so many things and it's really cool because the herbs not the herbs they're like plants the plants that grow everywhere that basically cannot be killed by anything really they just grow randomly all they don't need sunlight they don't need water like they just keep growing like no matter what the conditions are they grow those plants are the ones that are so important 
to our bodies, which, which tells you because we're humans living on this earth that these things outside that our bodies need and can use are the ones that really can't be destroyed out there. Mm -hmm. Like those are the ones that people are spraying with the pesticides. Right. But there's like plantain, which is like, it looks like, um, you'll see it everywhere. It grows in between like sidewalk things and stuff. And it has little tiny sprouts that sometimes come in the middle. But if you take a plantain leaf when your kid gets bit by a bee and you chew it up and you blend it with water and you just make like a little paste out of it, it takes away the sting. Like it heals things. Like there's... Wow. So it's, it's so cool to me to go down that road where there's like the things that basically can't be destroyed that will grow everywhere that you don't have to really put any care into there's so much medicinal properties in all of those things and that's like i'm just opening up this can which is like scary now because then you're just at the beginning stages of like learning all these things and what can you do for all these things and you know all this stuff but there is like yeah food is medicine and food is either going to destroy you or it can heal you right it can change things in your body and and i think it just comes down to really like yeah not cutting out food groups at all but just trying to like no and again like some food groups you may have more of some you may have less of but that doesn't mean that you have completely cut it out Mm -hmm. unless it's a chocolate bar yeah you can cut out the chocolate bars yes but I think that people, yeah, I'm like, just have the real chocolate bar. Stop with the stupid, like, if you, the dark chocolate, yes, dark chocolate has tannins or whatever in it and stuff, antioxidants. No, wine is tannins. Dark chocolate is antioxidants. But I'm like, just have the, like, don't eat it every day, but if have the real chocolate bar, right? Because if not, you're going to be like, I had the dark chocolate and now I still want the chocolate bar. So, like, right. just have the real chocolate bar. Yeah. Just, you know, do it. But, that book I was reading about healing your metabolism and how to speed up your metabolism, it talked about always cooking your vegetables and always cooking your fruits, actually. Yeah, because they're right. like you're saying. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. not berries, obviously, but like apples and pears because they're really like hard for our bodies to digest. They're acidic. Yeah. I can't eat raw apples. Oh. I get major um, indigestion. Even if you eat it with a fat? Um, it's not as bad. Yeah, right. Not as yeah. bad. But if I were to have applesauce, like homemade applesauce, no problems. Because hmm. it's been cooked down. Uh, right. Yeah. So I think some things our bodies just aren't used to processing, right? Yeah. And then it also says with the vegetables, with the fruits, to add like a little bit of fat. So if it's like right. coconut oil yep. or whatever, just yep. put a little tiny bit yep. and it helps your body to like... Because you're just putting, like we all, we talk about nutrition too, you don't just eat an apple because that's going to spike your blood sugar and 10 minutes later you're going to be starving. Plus, it, you know, so you always want to pair your foods together. So fats with like fruits and fat would be good, like fruits and nuts or protein and yeah. fruit. Yes. So that at least it has like that binding aspect of it because if yeah. not, yeah, you just do that one fruit that has tons of acid in it. First of all, your blood sugar is super high, and then you're starving again yeah. five minutes later. <laughs> then your tummy hurts, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, just like paying attention to like pairing foods. And but I thought it was really interesting about cooking down all your vegetables and stuff. Yeah, and, that is very cool. I'll have to yeah. read that book. Yeah, yeah, so good. Awesome. It's so against everything that we've like learned. Learned. 
So it's like take it with a grain of salt. Like don't think like everything. This is like one side of the nutrition story. Yeah. Then there's like another one. But I was like, I love this because this person's totally going against everything that I thought was always true. But that what you're learning may apply to a future client that you have Mm -hmm. down the road based on their circumstances. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it's with any type of information, whether it's relationships, health, fitness family financial family you name it learn the information take out of it what you need in that moment apply it mm-hmm. and then move on and then there's going to be another time down the road where that information is going to need an update of course right all the time yeah yeah so you know you're constantly learning and mm-hmm. that's why again i think it's important to seek out other people to help you in that learning process if you don't have the time to read and do the learning on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the book I'm reading right now, The Happiness Project, I think it's called. She, I just read it last night as we're finishing up now, but I just read it last night and she was talking about how happiness isn't necessarily being unhappy or being happy. Happiness is when you're growing. So I thought that was so cool because there is going to be happiness and unhappiness but real happiness in the middle is when you're always learning, you're always changing, you're always like going with a different flow of your life, realizing that, okay, that didn't work out, so maybe I'm gonna go this way, maybe I'm gonna go that way, and kind of just let your life flow rather than I'm unhappy, I'm not happy. Just the middle ground, if can you can keep happiness. You can keep happiness by always learning and growing and then that will always be the middle ground of happy being happy is that you're always evolving yes so there'll never be an unhappy or happy you can just find that middle ground of like yeah if if your life's not going how you want it to go you're like i used to be think this is how it's gonna be forever oh my god now i'm just so depressed my life's gonna be like this forever but then i thought then you can then you can change it and be like, okay, what's my pivot point? What am I gonna do now? Like when I threw up my back, I was like, great, my career's over. I'm never gonna be able to work out again. I just went down this rabbit hole. But then I was like, okay, so if you can't work out again, what are you gonna do? Where do you wanna go? So go to the worst and then try to plan for that and then hope for the best, right? But yeah. I feel like happiness is gonna be growing, evolving, learning, yeah. right? And pivoting when yeah. things aren't working. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, there's some um, advice that we would give ourselves, maybe not necessarily given to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's anything that you guys would add to what we said, feel free to leave us a review or a comment um, on either Apple or Spotify. All right. Until next time. Thanks everybody for listening today and we truly appreciate you and let us know what your biggest takeaway was today and if you have any questions you want answered on the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast to automatically receive your episodes and to help us reach more listeners. We would love to connect with you on our socials, either Facebook or Instagram with links in the show notes. Till next time, keep taking those small steps towards your best life.